good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm wanting to do something a little different here. I have been looking at Psalm 119, which is a very long psalm, and basically it has a lot of stanzas. If you think of it as a song, it has a lot of stanzas, or as a maybe a stanza is more of a poem term. Nonetheless, <laughs> you can tell this is not my forte, but nonetheless, it is broken up into a bunch of stanzas. And I think of psalms as songs, but in this case, you could think of it also as poetic, as of course. So I, uh, I think a lot of times that probably holds more true for the uh, Hebrew language. But nonetheless, I think in our language, we still see this as being uh, poetic and uh, like a song. And... 119, if you look at it, it's really long. It has all these stanzas, and I just want to do like the first stanza. It has 22 parts or stanzas. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through and do each of these. It's going to be broken up over time. I'm not going to do it all consistently one day right after the other. But I do want to do these. I, I like these, and I think these. this whole psalm is really, really making a good point for us. So, this is Psalm 119, verses 1 through 8. Now, this is the English Standard Version. And this first stanza is called Aleph. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. So this is the first section of Psalm 119, and it's a long psalm with about 22 stanzas from what I had read. And I, and I did a quick count as best I could. Um, if I'm off one or so, sorry about that. The pattern of these, they follow the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Now this I had to look up. I did not know this. And each stanza begins with the same Hebrew letter. Now that's if I have understood everything correctly that I read about this. That's what, what, it was, uh, what I had understood. Um, this does not of course, work out exactly the same in English. So still, there's a lot to note and to learn here in this psalm and in these stanzas. Um, I see each of these as a progression of examples uh, and learning to follow God, of thanking and praising God, but also asking for God's guidance throughout our lives. Our lives have many phases and many different circumstances. We should ask for God's guidance through all of those. Now in this first unit, or stanza, the author notes that we are blessed when we walk in God's will, following His word and commandments. We are reminded to keep God's instructions diligently. That's what God has asked us to do. Looking at verse 5 and 6, the author compares their life and actual actions with God's will. And that is where he says, Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. In other words, 
I want to keep your statutes. I want to follow you, Lord, and be like you. And then I will not be ashamed when I compare what I do in my life compared to what you've told me to do in your word. So, like the author, we, we all find ourselves lacking there in that. And I say the author, I, I did not notice or do not know who, who wrote this for sure. Um, but we find ourselves lacking in that comparison. You know, we do not live up to God's commandments in our lives. We are, you know, ashamed when we fail to follow the Lord properly. And, and that shame, now that should not be a life-shattering destructive shame but that should be a shame of repentance and of learning the you know learning the lesson we need to learn and correcting ourselves and then moving forward so it shouldn't be sometimes uh, the world will treat shame like it's just the most horrible awful thing like you should never feel shame but that's that's not true sometimes we should feel that uh, godly sorrow. We should feel that. Well, I'm ashamed of myself. I knew better than to do that. I should have. I should have done better. You know. And when we use that and take that as a tool for correction and and teach ourselves to do better, that's a good thing. Okay. Now I know. Like I said, the the world from what I've seen and people I've talked to in past you know recent years, they really tend to take that as such a super negative thing and. It, and I guess if you're just shaming to be shaming and you're just using it as a tool to insult and degrade people, that that would be true. But here we're talking about a more of a repentant, correcting shame where you feel that way, but you feel that way because, hey, I can do better. I want to do better. And it's not that you feel just endless, horrible shame about things you have no control over. So, we're not talking about that kind of shame, okay? All right. But, like the author in verses 7 and 8, now 7 and 8 says, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. We can renew our purpose and strengthen God. We, you know, we will continue to learn God's will. We will continue to follow his word. And, and we, we say this. We say, I will praise you and I will thank you. I will learn your word and your rules and I will learn to follow you and do better. We will keep God's word in our hearts and live by it. We ask God, our Father, to not give up on us. When it says, do not utterly forsake me, what we're asking God to do is, you know, don't give up on me, Lord. Just, just Stay with me. Keep working with me. I'll get there. I'll do better. So we ask God, our Father, to not give up on us as we daily learn and perfect, perfect our faith in Him. Our God is faithful to us. We need to remember this. He is faithful to us. He will not abandon us. He says He will be with us. So if we ask for His wisdom, He will provide, just as it's stated in uh, Timothy. Uh, I forget which Timothy it is right now, but... Or is it James? Ha, huh, I've forgotten. It's it stated in the epistles. So let me say that. You know, if we ask God for wisdom, he will provide it. That is always in his will. And if we just ask him to teach us and show us his ways, he will do that. He loves us and cares about us. He wants us to learn and to follow him. So that is always in his will. So I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you, and remember, God loves you.